0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico, host of the Main in China podcast, CEO of Sourcefain Asia, and the host of the SourceFindAsia YouTube channel. Of course, the Main in China podcast is available on Spotify. Um, just a quick announcement. I am speaking at the Global Sources Summit in April 29th in Hong Kong. So if you want to come and uh, see me do a presentation, uh, you know, purchase your tickets now. I'm sure there'll be a link in the description of the show in SourceFindAsia.com slash Made in China. Um, In this episode, I sat down with Felipe. Um, He's another dude I've been trying to get on the podcast for a few years. And uh, Felipe's got a very interesting story. He's a couple years younger than me. He actually came to China when he was, I think, when he was 19. Um, Because his mom had been a merchandiser prior. So, uh, you know, she kind of gave him the idea of maybe continuing the family business and expanding that. And that's exactly what he did. He you know ran with it and has built uh, a significantly large you know seven figure business um, and you know he works with I, I think it's it's fast fashion so he works with a lot of major chains um, in the west and uh, you know he's, he deals with a lot of factories here and the interesting thing with the with the merchandiser is like it's not just buying and selling the products from the factories the you know the 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 companies that purchase from him rely on his eye and his Sometimes his designs, um, so it, it's a very fascinating sort of a business model. And then now, one of the things that we started to talk about in, in, in the video—this uh, is a video cast, by the way—so if you want to watch it on YouTube, you can check it out. But one of the things we started to talk about was how he's actually starting to source from Italy. Um, you know, so he's able to get high-quality products at low MOQs for maybe. 20% more or 10% more than what it is in China in Italy. And then now you can sell, you know, a reasonably priced item. Um, and it's, it's made in Italy, like legitimately made in Italy. So it's a very interesting podcast. Uh, Felipe is a good guy and, um, you know, is quite knowledgeable in, in the fashion arena. So um, enjoy the podcast.
1: I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me.
0: What's up, YouTube? It's Rico here, CEO of Find Asia i'm back with another one hanging out at the park hyatt in guangzhou and uh coast of the made in china podcast now available on spotify and uh host of the source for asia youtube channel i'm sitting here with one of my good friends known felipe for how long now four years four years all right you want to give a little intro like what is your first and last Be- name what do you do um,
1: my name is felipe uh, i've been living in china for six years now it's crazy yep. i did the math six years uh, I've been doing here all fashion related products, to sustainable, to denim, to anything related with fashion, accessories, um, yeah, whatever you can think about fashion, I've done it and still doing it.
0: Awesome. So in this video, we're going to be talking about Felipe's story, how he came to China, what he's been up to, how he's been so successful at, at 24 years old?
1: Oh yeah, 24. I got here when I was 19. <laughs> all right. Cool. 19. All right. So man, like, uh, what brought you to China? let start at the beginning. So what brought me to China? It was an interesting story. So I first got to China. Well, my mom was a pioneer of traveling and going abroad. She started going to Japan back in the 90s and um, traveling through different parts of the United States as well. And my mom had experience here in China since 2000. So she was kind of... She's, she's really a pioneer. She was here yeah. a pioneer, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I got to China, well, I was originally going to go into the military, and she didn't want me to go into the military. And so she said, hey, come to Hong Kong. So we went to Hong Kong, and that's kind of where my eyes opened, and wow, that's a whole world outside the United States. Mm. And I got here because of my mom. She brought me out here and kind of showed me, you know, what is China and the potentials that you can be doing in China. And what made me stay here in China was just that first trip I was in Canton Fair. Mm. And i bought um some the kangaroo sticks i don't know if you've ever seen them they're like stilts okay yeah and i thought it was a really hot product and i was like well i think this can be sold in the u.s easily and sure enough i dived into it and bought i remember it was like 150 of those things came to my house and the whole garage was full of these boxes. <laughs> and I, that's where it started. I mean, that, 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 I guess, entrepreneur of buying something and flipping it, it went well. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go with some other products. And I started with headphones and eventually led to something else. And where I came here, it led me to doing the fashion and just being out in the U.S. because of my mom's experience and coming out to China, was something to take the business to the next level yeah. so it was a it was it's a business that's my mom and i um she handles the u.s side and i handle all the china side mm-hmm. that's how so
0: what made started. you pull the trigger and say like i'm just gonna go to china like well, full time i saw
1: the opportunity that china had yeah um just because i like that process of the speed of it um it was just everything you snap your fingers and not that things happen You know crazy fast as to uh, making something a production happen I don't know how I explain it to you but uh, as a design coming to life and you know a snap of fingers no but the whole process of finding the fabric doing the uh, the design to it just making the whole design of it come to life yeah much faster than that happening in the United States and the thing that also made me stay or to China was that it was the learning process I China has taught me so much and to people that I speak to is a place where it teaches you how to be out of your comfort zone yeah um, it teaches you how to handle different situations with different cultures which is the most important thing um, so that's what drove me into China and, kind of why I'm still here. Yeah. And just you are you're always learning. It's just a place where you're con- constantly learning.
0: It's pretty crazy that you came when you were like 19. Yeah, I came when Whoa. I was
1: 19. I came What I mean, is that like? I like? finished high school in that summer. I went out to Hong Kong and that's where I was like, "Well, I'm not going to school." I mean, I saw a lot of friends going to school, but then they didn't know what they were going to do. They were yep. trying to figure it out. I knew that I wanted to do some kind of business just because I was fortunate enough to be around my mom, because she was always a businesswoman. So I had that, I took that in from her. I was so, so
0: talk about your early days, like what kind of, what was that like coming at 19 and then taking, uh, working with your mom, growing into the business? And.
1: Well, I started being, working with my mom ever since I was 15, Okay. more than 14 actually. Um, I was, my daycares were with my mom, like <laughs> she took me to her job with, yeah. with her, you yeah. know. Uh, my summers, my summer, I couldn't. I didn't have summer vacations because mm. either I had football or I was with my mom, with her working. Yeah. So I was working in the shop, um, but I was just always around the business. So I always knew the business things of like this is what women like, this is what we have to buy. I always knew something about fashion. I was always into it, um, but yeah, practically that was uh, that was how my childhood was, was always in fashion in the workspace, and. How it became bigger and we started scaling it was because we were here dealing with a lot of problems when, I, when she was overseas talking yeah. and there was just a lot of communication problems, samples were not coming out right. And at that time that was when my, I guess, entrepreneur journey was starting and I was like, well, I can do this and I can also sell product, why not just do it together? So that's when they made a decision of like, okay, well, let's make China a home for now. and.
0: So at the beginning, your mom was selling items in the in the shop, and
1: then, you. How did you become what you are now? Which Correct. Is like, yeah. So it started. I mean, it's it's an interesting journey because it started with um, with those products, me buying from the Canton Fair and buying just little products from the markets and selling them in the United States, and then, just through being here, I did a lot of more research into the factory, searching and digging more into. Uh, Reducing cost, because we're in a wholesale uh, business where one dollar is a big difference. Now, if you're in a retail… Because of the volume. Because of the volume. Correct. So, just 50 cents was a big thing. I mean, 50 cents for for someone, it's like, as a retail, it's like, oh, that's fine. It's okay. But 50 cents, when you're doing 3,000, 4,000 pieces constantly, Mm. uh, it adds up. It adds up. So, that was my mission. My mission was, how how can we reduce the cost? So, before, the business model was ordered from this company, this company takes care of the whole thing, but, of course, that comes with the cost, yeah. and it's, it's not like it's a bad option, but it's the process of the speed that they were doing it at. They were not, it's, when you're doing fashion, you have to work with people that care, it's like your business. Mm. Why is because the fabric, for example, if someone chooses a fabric that's, is uh, speak r b if it's 10 RMB, yeah right if it's 10 RMB, that's the trading company finds it or whatever company it is um they they're going to use that 10 RMB fabric but as a as an owner of the company or as someone that really cares about the pricing you're going to be able to find it down to maybe 8.5 to 8 RMB. Yeah. that makes a big difference in cost even with the buttons as an example you go to the Chongda, by the way, is the fabric market, the big one of the biggest in China, yeah. and that's where most of the fabric comes out of. If you go to like to the main areas of Chongda market, you're going to find buttons that are, uh, let's say, 2 RMB, correct? But if you go to the hidden places, you're going to find it maybe at 1 RMB. So those are the things that trading companies don't really emphasize on because it's not, that's where you call it the grind. Yeah. That's where you have to walk and actually do the work yeah. to reduce your cost. Uh, But that exactly, so what that, I mean, that led to just coming out here and establishing my own trading company and doing manufacturing to a greater, bigger level and really understanding what the consumer as to my customer, what they're really looking for into the pricing. And that pricing is really, you can manipulate it based on the quality, of course. And a lot of other components, but mostly it's just about the quality. Got
0: the tea. It's a was it a t- poor mandarin, green mandarin infused herbal
1: tea. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that led me to coming out here, staying in China, and being here permanently. And to this day, we have customers from China like Macy's. Uh, we're also doing for a lot of other boutiques down in south america and in north america mm. um, so you so
0: you, you would be defined as obviously you do the the manufacturing side of things but you'd be designed defined as a merchandiser right like because um, you also pick out or you design yeah yeah of course merchandiser, yeah. i mean it's how so did much, you transition into that how did well, you get to a stage where well, these companies were looking at you and saying felipe we trust your eye and
1: well here's the thing it's that um fashion it's a trait that you pick up and that uh, you learn through experience it's not something you go to school and learn it mm. you know there's because fashion is so dynamic every year is a new season yeah every week it's a new collection every week is a new fashion trend so it was it's more about educating yourself on what it's on trend what is selling But most important is identifying the end consumer mm. and how we do that is When I travel, I try to understand what these women are like. How do they feel? I mean, the new thing for fashion is that 30 is the new 20. And it's so different in different cultures, but it's really more about understanding the type of woman that you're dressing Mm -hmm. or the type of woman that's going to be having your product. Um, So it's more about educating yourself and, and trying to have a broader image of the consumer out there um, but yeah it's more through the experience and just picking it up picking it up and then yeah. so how do you end up working with a Macy's or something well how like I ended that? up with Macy's was uh, through a my brother's high school friend she started a brand um, so it was more through connections they just knew what we were capable of doing Yeah, uh, based on I mean my experience of supplying to the to u.s mm. they came to the showroom they saw hey okay because fashion it, it's just when you're manufacturing there's so many little things that make a big difference yeah.
0: thank
1: you there's so many things that make a big difference for example stitching cutting fabric usage There's so many variables that if you send that if you send it to a chinese trading company they're not going to understand your specific needs um and it's not that they're they're not, I mean, smart. It's just that maybe they're used to the UK customers. Or maybe they're used to, I mean, a country in, in the Middle East. Yeah. But So you see, it's kind of understanding. You, you
0: you talked about that before. I think it was two weeks ago when we were hanging out, and you mentioned how, actually, I think it was last week, right, when Carl was here, and you mentioned how, like, there's such a big difference in sizing.
1: For, oh, it is. You it know,
0: is. Colombia, for example, versus you know yeah. even even different states in the U.S. Right?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. For example, I'll give you an example. Colombia, you can put gold on a denim pants, mm. and the girls will not wear it because it doesn't fit them well. I mean, for Latin American women in general, they're very uh, picky about making their butt look good, mm. and I think not that. I mean, more of the American and the European women are picking up, like, hey, yeah, I like thanks. how my body's looking. Thanks
0: to, thanks to Miley Cyrus for twerking. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: it's, it's, it's picking up. and But, for I mean, like, I've been, for if you can do denim for South America, you can do denim for any other country or any other market, just because it's so, it, it, you have to know about the, the spandex uh, consumption. You have to know about how much elastic it is to be able to make a good denim and that's what it, for different regions it's different now if i were to give that to a chinese factory and say hey d- you know make this denim they're not going to be able to do it with a good fitting for the south american customer and that requires a lot of testing a trial and error i mean that's kind of part of the business you do a lot of testing talk to me about
0: some of the early early mistakes you made when you when you first started Jeez, this early mistakes
1: i made man. and how did you how
0: did you recover from them
1: the early mistakes I made was, first of all, for my customers, was just never, and I, and I hear this a lot. A lot of people say, yes, you can do, you can do, but make sure that you can do it. Make sure that you can deliver. Um, I had a problem with the production. I was actually denim. Um, it was um, a certain type of wash, and I didn't think it was gonna be that complicated. I was like, yeah, it can be done. But, I mean, being me naive at that age, I was like yeah okay next thing you know we're by it, it was a month for the delivery the time the time frame I And mean, we we're 15 days into the production and I call the factory I'm like hey like the sample I received it it's not 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 what the customers asking um, I was like yeah well we can't do that it, it takes a long time because it's a special kind of washing and that requires a certain time anyways that was one mistake about um, not talking or, or, or not um, not really doing my research into actual the process that the customer was asking um, a oh, they, lot of other mistakes They was, refill
0: it for free that's yeah, nice
1: a lot of other mistakes that I did were um, time frames not really knowing understanding the time frames in China some things take longer than others yeah or you also or have factoring to put in, in holidays and you have yeah, holidays yeah. is a big thing yeah. um, you also have to prepare a lot for mistakes that happen i mean to this day you're still learning I yeah mean, there's always new stuff that you're just constantly learning it's, it's a really good point about
0: the mistakes because i mean i tell clients all the time i'm like it's normal like mistakes happen oh, and absolutely. that's just a normal part of the yeah. manufacturing process and you have to buffer in Time to correct those mistakes and double check yeah. everything. It's it's, just, it's never going to be perfect, you know. It's there's always never, something,
1: no. and and it's things that there's so many variables into it. Yeah, when you're coming into China or producing uh, or developing a a product, just because there's different factories for different things. There's a factory just for the fabric itself. There's a fab. There's a, a special f- uh, factory for the washing, and then there's a, the factory that makes the the product i mean weather can make a big difference um uh also one thing that was uh, that i learned is je- uh sorry last year was when there's political meetings happening in china factories shut down yeah and that had a lot of problems so there's certain things that you just cannot control it's stuff that when people are doing business with China, you have to understand that it's not going to go smooth. It's not going to go smooth all the to time. You yeah. patience. Most important, patience. Biggest thing I've learned since patience. being in China is patience. Yeah. Patience is the yeah. number one thing.
0: Um, biggest, what was like the biggest win that you had? Biggest success.
1: Uh, biggest success was. It was that moment where you you
0: know you stick your chest out and you're like oh, I'm man. doing it. Um,
1: <laughs> I think is from a different point of stand view is not about the the actual trading itself but um it's when your product is being worn by other people and you see it yeah not not like on a picture or on instagram more like you're walking and you're like oh my god that's my design or like that's we produced that design Um, and just because you feel that proud moment of because everything we design it's so down to the button Mm. you know it's a lot of work, but that's what makes it successful, a successful fashion brand is when you put a lot of emphasis on the design. Not buying stuff from Aliexpress. I mean, that's kind of a starting point, but if you want to exceed your fashion business, you have to really work on your designs. That's kind of most important. How do you stand out? I mean, and for us, was design. is different designs, uh, different fabrics. So I, th- I guess that's one of the proudest moments. I mean, once, once you see and it's still I mean I see it and I'm like, "Wow, this girl's wearing the design." I think it's pretty cool.
0: Cool. Yeah, And um, with one of my first original design uh, clients, I didn't get to see that we were making toys. I didn't get to see the toys in person, but like uh, uh, like in the U.S. and Canada, but I watched like unboxing videos
1: yeah, of these like the,
0: eight-year-old kids being like, "Oh, it's the new." You house. feel good I, because, because it's it something
1: yeah. you worked on a lot. I Six
0: mean. months to a year of, and then of you work have and it. Then you, yeah, and it's right
1: there. I mean, it's, see them it starts with, with them. the vision, and then the vision leads to someone accepting it, which is amazing. It's that's that's a really good feeling. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, where where do you like? Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you formed your team? and you know how are you going to manage that moving forward because i know you started talking about working with countries outside of china
1: um well i started well i built a team kind of funny story Mm -hmm. and this is uh good advice for anybody i i mean i found my talent through companies that i know were doing good and i just told them hey i will not Offer you as much as they are, but I can offer you a better working environment. That was my neg- my negotiating point. Um, so that's kind of how I was building my team. I was building more my team on on a working environment more than actually, hey, I'm gonna be paying you more. Yeah. Just because here it's a little bit different. Um, Chinese bosses are very strict, <laughs> very very yeah. strict, and working hours are absurd. Um, so with me, I mean, we have dinner. Uh, Fridays or Saturdays we go out for dinners or we have um, where we do activities outside of the office I'm talking about like going out to the malls and actually being in the fashion field understanding it so we're not always in the office we're doing more outside of stuff just just to get for them a different environment uh, and, and i'm not It not you're like more you're flexible yeah, I'm sure, more
0: flexible yeah more flexible you're
1: not yeah. also a strict boss where you're making them work until eight or nine i mean unless it's like <laughs> something in a, as an emergency but you know it's not like I'm chinese for them it's a common thing yeah over time exceeding over time mm. but um, that's how i build the team and um venturing out and yeah, just doing more research and also there's a lot of developing countries like we're talking about turkey turkeys fabrics are really good um india i've worked with india before but India's government at that time was, um, was not built right. It was There were still a lot of infrastructure developments that had to be done for a successful business happening in India, as from my experience. Um, but nowadays it's just with technology and I guess people becoming more, not having a local business more globally they're also opening up more okay how do we work with the foreigner countries so i think that's also helped i mean nowadays it's, it's been a little bit easier process than before yeah um but yeah when venturing out with different countries it's something that i'm it's my in my horizon for next year and this year especially awesome um so yeah
0: so that's in terms of scaling your business that's that's sort of the plan is um, to start working with
1: that, is- you can say it's uh, scaling it, but um, it's more about being unique, being different. Having fabrics from Turkey, it's something different. Yeah. I mean, you, you mostly see players like Zara, Inditex Group, uh, that are doing that, to mass production. You know? that's, that's, you know, that's the only players that you see that. Or just having products made in Italy, for example like in the u.s very little people are making in italy um so just kind of staying different not having only china 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 and the thing is social china in a way um it's getting it's getting harder for factories to handle their workers and cost is going up in a way so also kind of being prepared for that wave yeah uh, i think in five years china is not going to be the same I, I know it because four years ago it was much cheaper than it is now. And it's getting more expensive and more expensive. So you kind of always have to be prepared. Be prepared for what's coming. And that's what I'm preparing myself. Uh, Because I see myself being in fashion for a long time. I mean, it's something that's kind of in you. And it's all I've been doing.
0: It's funny, because the consistent theme with my videos recently, I've been uh, transitioning out of China. And I think some people misunderstood. (laughs) that I was like, like, I'm leaving China. I'm not leaving China. It's more just you're trying to branch out to other areas so you can have a little bit more safety. Yeah. And yeah. like you said as well, it's becoming more expensive to be here. So it's like, you know, if I could be two hours outside of China and have a better life, spending less money than I'm spending right now, it makes sense and then I can still manage my business remotely and I can still be in China when I need to be in China. Absolutely, so, I
1: mean, and maybe a new opportunities can open up in the Philippines. Exactly. The Philippines, it's also a, a place where um, I travel I went there, I think it was last year, and I went there to source a mill. And there were, of course, there's very small fabric mills over there. But from what I've heard is that the more investors and more people are going to the Philippines, yeah, um, just because of the workforce. Um,
0: and even Chinese, like the funny thing is all these factories that are popping up in the Philippines and Vietnam and Ta- yeah. they're owned by Chinese They're people, owned by the Chinese, same factory Taiwanese, Taiwanese, yeah.
1: So there's definitely, I mean, you kind of, once you're in an industry, tap around, look around, uh, educate yourself on what's happening, what's the new trend of the product development or what's the new uh, technology. I mean, always kind of be educating yourself on what's happening. Okay. But um, for me, that's, that's been the key. It's okay, understanding about Italy's economy, understanding how production is in Italy, understanding how Vietnam, I've been to Vietnam multiple times to see production. Um, just also philippines kind of understanding that all the you know different places around the world all right
0: so we're gonna do a podcast which would be a little bit more deep dive but Felipe, man thanks for being on the channel thank you appreciate it thank you all right and uh guys if you like this kind of content like comment subscribe 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 see you guys next week
1: i'm gonna kill these niggas
0: man yeah